or just having a conversation and talking to people like, you know, I'm a sister or, you know, a friend and, and really just having that conversation, not from, you know, Captain Moore. It's like, hey, this is April talking to you. I need you to stop doing this right now because, you know, we are not trying to be out here all night with you, okay? You're listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. Hey, Black and Blue fam, welcome to another edition of the Black and Blue Podcast. And this is where we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement. Let me take a moment to introduce myself. My name is Dale, and I am the host. Thank you for choosing this show for a little bit of information and entertainment. If you like what you see, please consider liking those click, clicking those like, subscribe, and bell icons right down here on my YouTube channel. Or if you listen to me on your favorite podcast platform of choice, consider rating the Black and Blue Podcast five stars. And be sure to check me out on any of my social media pages for even more content. You can find me everywhere at Black and Blue US. All right, so with that down, let's bring on today's guest. Today's honoree is a captain with the Fulton County Sheriff's Office in the beautiful state of Georgia. Black and Blue fam, let's give an emphatic Welcome to Captain April Moore. <laughs> How you doing? I am absolutely amazing. How about yourself? I'm great. I'm just out here chilling in Cali, <laughs> watching the uh, the NBA Finals, and uh, about to chop it up with another fine officer out in, the, in Georgia. Yes, 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 yes. We are out here enjoying it. It's a little late where I am. You know, it's not, it's beautiful weather, but it's a little late. But it's, it's, Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you staying up, you know, past, you know, 11 yeah, o'clock nowadays. It's hard for me to even stay up, but I appreciate you for coming on and staying on this late. <laughs> of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, so so uh, you're in Georgia. What You said the weather's nice. What, what's the weather like today? Oh goodness! Today was probably in like the eighties, maybe nineties. It 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 oh, was yeah. very beautiful outside. That that yeah. nice Georgia summer weather. We getting we getting towards the summer, right? Yes, definitely, yes, but, definitely. But, 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 it, but it gets gets humid over there, though, right? Very much so. Humid. Then you know, out of the blue, it'll be like forty or fifty degrees in the morning, and you're like, oh my goodness then okay. you know it's yeah. hot again so you know we just we fluctuate down here in georgia all right all right all right and uh fulton county where, where is that for for me and the, and the rest of the audience so fulton county is the largest county in georgia and it's closer to the northern part of georgia um so it's closer kind of central north northern georgia but you know, the... for most people atlanta if you know okay. Atlanta, if that's you what know I was going to ask because 
<laughs> yeah. I remember years ago, yeah. wasn't one of the stadiums, one of the sports teams, Fulton County Stadium? It was. That was uh, the baseball team. The yeah, Braves. Well, we okay. had the Braves Stadium, mm-hmm, and then they built their own stadium, and then they moved up to Cobb County. Oh, okay. So so that was that yeah. was years ago, so no longer in Fulton yeah. County, huh? Okay. Not in Fulton right. County, but they're still the Atlanta Braves. So they, well, they still go figure. Yeah, they, they study your land of Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, right, right. And uh, so you with the sheriff's office, you're a captain there. How long? How long you been with Fulton County? So I have been at the Fulton County Sheriff's Office since April of 2021, but I have been with Fulton County since May of 2006. Okay, what did you do before? So I started my career as a 911 operator. I did that for about a year and a half. Then I went over to the Fulton County Marshal's Office and I served in the Fulton County Marshal's Office from 2006 up until, two, well, I'm sorry, 2007 up until 2021 when I went over to the Sheriff's Office. Okay, so there are two separate agencies over there? Well, actually, so we have the Fulton County Sheriff's Office, the Fulton County Marshal's Office, and the Fulton County Police Department. Oh wow! So we have three wow. in the county. Yeah. Yeah, out here, out here, at least most most counties I can think of out here in Cali, we don't have uh, county police, just county sheriff offices, uh, and no marshals. We used to have marshals offices out here, and and uh, yeah, L.A. County used to have a marshals, and and Orange right. County used to have a marshals. A bunch of them did, but then they merged with the sheriff's office years ago. You know, co- cost cutting. Yeah. I've seen that, especially down like in Florida and some other states. I see a lot of other states that do that, but not here in Georgia. Everybody has their own agency. Yeah, Almost. everybody wants their piece of the pie. Hey, <laughs> Keep their hand know. in the piece of the pie. Yeah, yep, yep. Listen, so, so whatever what, works best for the citizens, right? Right, right. So, so what is the difference between the marshal's office and the sheriff's office? So the marshal's office works up under state court. And so with state court, you handle misdemeanor offenses. And we also handle some felony cases, but that's not always the case. It just depends on how it goes through. And then marshals are the only agency that handles uh, evictions within Fulton County. And then also handle uh, the state and magistrate court calendars as well. And so the sheriff's office handles the jail operations, also responsible for the security of the building um, and uh, court operations for superior court. So the easiest way to think about it is sheriff's office handles all the superior court matters. Marshal's office handles all the state court matters and does evictions. And then of course, sheriff's office has the jail. Okay. All right. All right. And do they handle any sort of uh, investigations at the sheriff's office too, or? So we, we have a um, criminal investigative uh, division as well that does handle investigations. That unit also has our, um, what is it called? It just slipped my mind. It's our specialized unit. So we work with okay. task force um, from U.S. Marshals to DEA to other agencies um, that we work so with on a federal level. More like fugitives and things like that? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and, and help with investigations, you know, uh, as well. So. Yeah, we have investigations. We we uh-huh. are law enforcement. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. A lot of times and people see sheriff, you know, or a marshal, even a marshal, they're like, oh, y'all can't pull me over. It's like, oh, this is actually not true. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, they definitely don't think that out here in California. I mean, of yeah. course, yeah. Yes, yes. And Georgia is a little bit here. different. Yeah, yeah. And Georgia is a little bit different. Yeah, out here in Cali, they go, "Oh, sheriff's office." You, you might <laughs> straighten up and <laughs> better straighten up. Straighten yep, up better straighten up. Right. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What What made you want to come over from the uh, marshals over to the sheriff's office? Um, well, it was an opportunity that was presented to me. Um, sheriff Labatt here in Georgia, in Fulton County. He's the 28th sheriff here in Fulton County. And opportunity presented itself. Uh, he asked me if I would be willing to come over to the agency. He's always looking for great talent to come over. And he continually uh, recruits uh, folks to come over to help Fulton County Sheriff's Office become the best sheriff's office in the nation. Nice. And, and and by how large is the office? So we have about a thousand employees um, in the sheriff's office for Fulton County. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and as a captain, what, what are your responsibilities over there? So my current assignment, I serve as a unit commander for our community engagement unit. And with community engagement, that basically means that I am responsible for coordinating or being a liaison with um, all 15 municipalities within Fulton County and looking at what their events are and ways that the sheriff's office can engage with citizens in a non-enforcement capacity. Because a lot of times when people see law enforcement, they see us, you know, either pulling someone over or, you know, there's been an incident Mm -hmm. that requires us to intervene. So with our unit and community engagement, it's to create those opportunities and find ways to engage with citizens that doesn't require, it's not in that incident-based scenario and build partnerships and relationships um, with our various community partners, uh, you know, neighborhood units, churches, just any wide range of community partners really changing the way that people view law enforcement and creating prevention and awareness um, for folks in various communities about what we do and how to protect themselves as well. Okay. Okay. And, uh, you know, Atlanta being one of those places that, uh, you know, a lot of black folks were flocking to ever since I don't know, the nineties. And uh, so it's yeah. got a, a pretty, pretty large affluent. <laughs> yeah. Pretty affluent African-American yeah. population there. What what about the, the rest of Fulton County? What kind of the demographics? Yeah, so the demographics of Fulton County, I mean, we have a large minority population. Typically, when you go a little bit further um, north in Fulton County, um, it's not as large a minority population. But, I mean, honestly, Fulton County is a very diverse county um, from north to south. So, I mean... Black folks, white people, um, Hispanic, Asian. It's just a very diverse county. Cool, cool. And what what about the department? Is, is it pretty diverse it, itself? So our agency, Fulton County Sheriff's Office, I would say is probably about 90 to probably 90, 95% African-American, maybe wow. even higher than that. Um, wow. Even with our staff, we is predominantly uh, female. So... Okay. All right. And and yeah. the sheriff is the sheriff is not female though. No, sheriff is a male. He's African American. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yes. Definitely feeling those vibes over in Atlanta and and uh, Fulton County. I need to get out there someday. I definitely have to come down here yeah. and see what we got. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and what what made you want to get into law enforcement? Has it been something that you always wanted to do? 
coming up or what got you into so, this? So uh, interestingly, I wanted to be a lawyer. I went to school at Georgia State University, undergraduate, coming out thinking, hey, you know, I love criminal law. This will be the thing that I do. Once I graduated, I had my oldest son about three weeks after I graduated from Georgia State. And I got accepted into a school and that school was in Florida. And I was like, ah, that is probably not going to work for me and my family and just having this baby. So I was like, I need to stay here, but I need some benefits. And that turned into me applying for a job in Fulton County. And I said, okay. And that led me to be a 911 operator and had a supervisor that came to me and said, hey, I really think you could do much bigger and better than this. And when an opportunity came available for the marshal's office, I applied for that and the rest is history. I didn't know that this was going to be something that I was going to fall into, but it seemed like the next best thing based off of where I was. And I have literally fallen in love with law enforcement. Yes. That's what I was going to ask you. Had you regretted not pursuing law? law school i mean we're dealing with law now as, as officers but uh absolutely not absolutely not i mean i work with judges um have worked with judges still you know connect with them in various capacities in my role now and i think god put me in the right place i, I love what i do um the opportunity to connect with people and really be able to change how they view law enforcement, how they interact with law enforcement officers, or even just changing, you know, how they view me personally. It's like, oh, you know, I've seen you before. It's like, okay, you have a conversation with someone and they're more apt to change their perspective just through a conversation. So I, I definitely love um, what I do. And I mean, all I can say is that I was made for such a time as this. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and these are some, some trying times. I know we talked before we got the interview starting, started about, you know, these mass shootings going on, how's, how's yeah. you know, mass shootings and things like that affected you personally and, and your agency. I know out there in Atlanta, you've probably had some to deal with out there as, as well over, over the years. Um, well, I would say for me personally, I mean, I have two children, so I mean, two boys and, Taking them to school is always something that I have a conversation with them about understanding that there are people that have weapons because my oldest son actually had a, a shooting at his school. Someone, it was a self-inflicted wound. A kid was being uh, bullied and some other kids came up and he couldn't get the weapon out, um, you know, uh, appropriately. And it, it's just interesting to see how all these things happen and the conversations that you have to have with your kids about those things being in law enforcement and seeing things from a different perspective and then in a professional capacity you look at um making sure that officers are are trained you have a lot of people that reach out to you i just had someone uh, send me a message today asking if I could connect them with someone that could do active shooter training um, for them. So it, it certainly gets people ringing your phone. It gets the agency heightened to support agencies that, that need that help. And especially in our school systems, our Atlanta 
public schools and then we have Fulton County Schools, they certainly um, felt the brunt of that, trying to prepare their staff and their students as they were coming off to close out the school year. Yeah. And it's a shame we got to start talking about that. I mean, you know, obviously over the, you know, ever since, you know, people, we had those postal incidents, you know, way back in the eighties and nineties, you know, um, so workplace violence, you had to talk about that. But then when we had to start doing it since Columbine with our kids, you know, that that's yeah. just a shame that those are the things that we got to talk about. And I was reading or hearing somewhere where, you know, people were saying, uh, you know, we got fire drills in school out here in uh, California. We got earthquake drills, you know, somewhere in the Midwest, they got tornado drills. You know, pretty soon we got to start doing active shooter drills. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, honestly, there are some schools that are, are already doing that um, just because of some of the incidents and they want to be proactive versus reactive in the case that, you know, something like that comes to their front doorstep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you you know, you, you mentioned that you got uh, two boys and, and are any of them, you know, proud and and wanting to to pursue law enforcement like mom or. So my oldest son, not so much. Uh, He's really into science and he loves cooking. So, you know, he may end up becoming a chef or, you know, doing something with forensic science. Youngest. He he enjoys it, and he'll say from time to time, "I'm going to be a police officer when I grow up." But he really just enjoys doing anything that his mother does. You know, I love to run, so he'll like, "Mommy, let's let's go run together." So he he just enjoys anything that can keep him connected to his mother. Okay, so so you a runner? You a marathon runner? Or you a you do distance? Or? Yeah, I've done. Uh, I want to say six marathons now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You you doing mostly out there? Have you done the Boston? Have you done any any of the big ones? I have not done Boston. Um, that is definitely on my bucket list. I have done the New York Marathon. I've done the Chicago Marathon. I am scheduled to go to Berlin, Germany, to do um, marathon out there. But I would say probably one of my greatest accomplishments i did a marathon in antarctica wow how was that are you running on ice or (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) so um that time of year in antarctica it's in the southern hemisphere so it's the summertime it was about 18 degrees but it wasn't (laughs) ice that we were running on it was more so dirt uh, that we were running on during uh, that marathon, but it was certainly uh, an experience, a one and done. I said, you guys cannot get me back out here to do this again, but I'm glad that I had the experience and I can tell people that I did it. Yes, definitely. Antarctica, huh? So so tell me, yeah. when you're running, what, what, what's your preference in, in colder weather or warmer weather to be running in? So I'm kind of a balance. So I have this funny thing and people laugh at me all the time because whenever I run, I wear red lipstick and pearls. That's just my signature thing when I run. And pearls? I do. I wear pearls when I run. Um, And not these. These are real pearls that I wear when I run. And so when I do that, um, people are like, how in the world do you look the same when you started the race, when you finished? I don't really sweat when I run, which is good in some instances, but you get really hot. 
So I typically like that kind of middle. I don't like really cold weather because your extremities tend to get too cold and numb. But I don't really like really hot weather because I'll get overheated. So I like it right in the middle, about 50 degrees. That's that's a sweet spot for me. <laughs> yeah, 18 is a little bit different from 50, though. It is. You know what? So I had on a snow. It, I, I wouldn't call it a snowsuit. So I had snow pants on. Had a big puffy jacket, had the snow goggles, wasn't really sure what all the elements were going to look like. I just wanted to be prepared and I was as prepared. I, I didn't take any layers off, um, had on, you know, some trail running shoes and pushed through. It was a very interesting experience. There's nothing out there um, except research bases. And of course, they have a few cars that the researchers use to get around um on because we were on king george island to get around the island part of antarctica and we camped out overnight um while we were there it's very interesting experience very interesting experience it was about 60 of us all together um but the cohort of us that went it's about 28 of us that went out there together a group of african-american runners um going to Antarctica to break some records and reach some goals. Wow. That's what's up. And and you did it in your pearls too. I did. I definitely did it in my pearls <laughs> <laughs> and my red Loved lipstick. It. And your red lipstick. Can't forget I that. Can't forget that. Cannot at all. All right. All right. So, uh, you know, getting back to, uh, you know, your job over there at the sheriff's office, mm -hmm. Uh, you, you've yeah. been there, you said about a year or so now, and, uh, yeah. you know, you're a captain over, you know, community relations and those sorts of things. Um, is part of your job or it's kind of like recruiting, you know, African-Americans into your, into this profession and kind of showing, you know, kind of what this show's doing, you know, humanizing the badge, showing that, you know, we're people too, and we like the same sort of things and kind of being transparent. Definitely. So when I initially started my tenure at the sheriff's office, I was assigned as the assistant unit commander for training background, um, training background and recruitment. And that was definitely part of um, our plan to continue to recruit good people to come into the profession. And as I stated before, our agency is about 95% African-American. So it's not really difficult to recruit um, folks in our area um, that are minorities to come into this profession. But law enforcement is really difficult right now. So having that conversation and making sure that we get the right um, match of folks to come in to work in this profession is always uh, something that is at the forefront of our minds when we're recruiting people to come to our agents. Right, right. And are you finding it tough? I know because it's tough all across the nation right now, recruiting. You guys finding it tough to find people to actually want to be in law enforcement nowadays? Well, I'm, I'm not going to say it's tough to find people. I mean, we certainly have people, but we also have standards. And sometimes, you know, still that thing, you know, marijuana is not acceptable as a, as a part of your daily walk and still being able to come to work in this profession. So that is part of, you know, some of the issues that we may see. But I think overall, I mean, we have a lot of good people that we've been bringing into our agency. Absolutely.
So are you originally from, you know, Atlanta area? Are you born and raised or? So I won't say Atlanta proper. You know, I'm not sure if you saw the song. That's not Atlanta. So I'm not from Atlanta proper. <laughs> um, I'm from a suburb of the metro Atlanta area, Decatur. And we, we say okay, Decatur. Okay, I heard of Decatur. Yes. All right. So born and raised out there in, in the ATL area. Yes. All right. All right. And then, uh, so you came up and all, so all your people still there and how, how do they feel about you being in law enforcement? So my father did not want me to be in law enforcement. I remember when I graduated from the police academy and he's like, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, and even now, you know, all these years later, he's still, you know, he says that he's proud of me, but he, he still worries about his baby girl. So, I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. still continue. And then you have some family members that are, I mean, honestly, just proud and excited that I'm working in this profession, especially when you see some of the things that are um, put in the media about law enforcement and some of the challenges that communities are having with law enforcement. So those in my family are extremely supportive of what I do and excited that I'm in this profession. And, you know, I continue to do the work to try to make them proud as well. Yep, yep. And then when, uh, you know, controversial incidents, you know, from all over the country happen, I'm sure your, your phone rings or your socials, you know, start blowing up. Definitely. So what do you think about this? And, you know. Yeah, people always want to have the conversation um, about what they're seeing and wanting to get a, a law enforcement officer's perspective. And I always kind of look at myself as, you know, a translator of sorts. You know, I'm, I'm a black woman. I have two young black boys, but I also work in law enforcement. So I can speak both languages. I, I can speak from the experience of a black woman raising two young black boys, but I, I can also speak from my personal experience working in law enforcement for, you know, almost 17 years and be able to, to, mesh those experiences and be able to communicate with folks to help people on both sides really understand um, what that looks like for everyone from, from their perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how old are you two boys? If you, you mind me asking. Sure. Um, I have a 16 year old and an eight year old. Okay. And have you had to have that conversation with your 16 year old about, you know, <laughs> dealings with law enforcement, you know, how to, how to act and what to do and what to say. Yeah, I've certainly had that conversation with him. I mean, he's a very bright young man and he he's on social media, so he sees things and we have those conversations when incidents happen and, you know, what was wrong, what was right, you know, how does he feel about it? How do I feel about it? How, how does he feel about me even still continuing to go to work, you know, seeing some of the things that are happening? But we have those conversations on a regular basis and, you know, I, I just always remind him that at the end of the day, you know, you still and I mean, he's about he's only 5'10", but I mean, he's 16, but and he has a deep voice. And I told him, regardless of how young you are, someone may not always see you as a 16 year old boy. And you just have to remember that wherever you go, that people are watching and, you know, you just have to be mindful about that. I remember it was probably six months or so ago i dropped him off at a event and while he was there at the event no one had gotten there yet or maybe i dropped him off on the wrong side because i had another 
um, actually no, he was riding a, a, one of the a Uber or Lyft. Got dropped off and he told me he couldn't find out where he was. So I, I was trying to call the people that were organizing the event, and trying to get him where he needed to go. And I called him and I said, hey, are you still walking around? And he was like, well, I don't see anybody over here. And I said, do you still have your hoodie on? And he said, yes. I said, you, you have the hood on too? He's like, yes. I said, I need you to take that off while you're walking around because there may be a security guard out there that sees you and they don't know who you are and it's not really anyone else out there with you. And I don't want someone to think that you're, you know, you look suspicious while you're out there. So we have those conversations just to be mindful of the space that he's in everywhere he, everywhere he goes. Yes. Yes. Good words. And, and that's a good mother right there. Making sure, yeah. yep, making sure her baby's safe. Yeah, always, always, always. Yep. So as a captain, as an executive in a law enforcement uh, organization, mm -hmm. what, what do you think your responsibility is to try to recruit, you know, other females into this profession and, and kind of be that, that guiding light, that beacon? Oh, it's a huge responsibility. I think everywhere I go, I communicate with women about the opportunities that there are for them in the law enforcement profession. And I think it's helpful because I'm petite. I'm 5'2", 130 pounds. And a lot of times people, well, specifically women, will say, oh, you know, I'm too small for that. Or, you know, I, I can't do that. I'm scared of this. When I came into this profession, I had never shot in a gun before in my life, never touched one before in my life. And the first time I shot one, I, I mean, I was nervous. I didn't know what was going to happen, you know, when I, I pulled the trigger. And as I've continued to go through this profession, you learn so many things. And there's just a different touch that a woman brings uh, to conversations that a woman brings um, to the table when you're talking about law enforcement and changing the narrative and moving the needle. So I always encourage young women that I come into contact with to really look at choosing this as a profession. I also work with college students. I graduated from Georgia State and even when I was at the Marshall's office, I served as the internship coordinator. So when I get female um, students that come in as interns, I would always have that conversation with them about needing more women in law enforcement, especially minority women as well. So it's, it's always a topic of conversation when I speak with young ladies. Yes. Yes. And then going back to where you said, you know, you being petite yourself and other females looking and thinking that they're too petite. Talk about kind of your experiences of, you know, being able to talk your way out of situations that they say, you know, that's in not, just say it, you know, I've seen it myself that, yeah. you know, females are a little bit better in communicating and de-escalating than some of us males are uh, in the profession. Yeah. Not to say that you can't handle yourself. Kind of talk about that, uh, dealing with the unruly people in, that we deal with in law oh. enforcement. Um, one thing, and everybody that knows me, I love to smile. I love to talk. And I'm very big on treating people the way that I would want to be treated. And I've had a lot of incidents that I've been able to, to de-escalate because of, you know, either telling a joke or really making light of a situation or just having a conversation and talking to people like, you know, I'm a sister or, you know, a friend and, and really just having that conversation, not from, you know, Captain Moore. It's like, hey, this is April talking to you. I need you to stop doing this right now because, you know, we are not trying to be out here all night with you, okay? And they're like, 
Oh man, okay, all right, all right. You know, and it's really just about treating people um, with respect when you come into this space. And so I always continue to look at how I can do my job, but still be a person and still recognize that I'm dealing with a person that has a human condition just like anyone else that experiences life just like anyone else. And so I, I just, I, I haven't had a whole lot of incidents, but I mean, there have been times that I've, I've had to draw my weapon. There have been times where I've been punched in the face or, you know, had to arrest someone and it turned into a fight. So I've, I've had those incidents over my career, but thankfully they've been few and far between. And usually having a conversation with someone and treating them with respect um, has led, you know, to a de-escalating a situation that could have gone, you know, far differently. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what have you liked most about, uh, you know, being a, in law enforcement in your, in your whole career? Um, the thing that I love most just over the years, looking at everything that's occurred in law enforcement, meeting people and having conversations with them and them telling me, I'm glad that you're doing this. You know, law enforcement, it, it, it's a, a good profession to go into. And, you know, the money isn't as much as being in private sector. But those when people tell me those things, those are the things that that make me love this job even more and make me work that much harder um, to continue to change the narrative about law enforcement, because you want people to know that they can be in community with law enforcement officers. And then also looking at, I mean, I, I can say like one of my favorite memories or just favorite things is when I was at the marshal's office and I started the junior deputy program. And I had kids that were 10, you know, 11, 12. Well, no, it was 12. It was not that I remember, I said 10. No, they started off at 12. So kids coming in 12 years old and now these kids have graduated from college. You know, they've gone to Tuskegee, they've gone to Morehouse, they've gone to these different schools. And, you know, over the years, I've still kept relationships with them and to see them grow and, and have these positive interactions with law enforcement and even some of them going into security or law enforcement. I mean, it's just been a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Actually affecting people's lives is, you know, kind of what we get out of this profession, you know. Definitely, so, definitely. Yeah. Yep. And you know, on the flip side, what what do you think has been, you know, really challenging, you know, as of late, you know, it's been real challenging for all of us in law enforcement. But, you know, you personally in, you know, your your career, what what's been challenging for you? Um, I would definitely say looking at a lot of the um incidents uh where you have black men that have been killed by police. And then you have people that look at me as a black woman. And some may ask a question like, how do you do this? Like, how do you work for a system that wasn't set up for black people? And I continue to tell people that I feel like I am a part of changing that narrative. And that from the inside of this profession, there are hundreds of thousands of law enforcement officers that are here to protect and serve and that those that are doing things that go against the the integrity and go against the the oath that we've been sworn to that that is not the normal and and i of course don't discount people's experiences understanding that you know these are real lived experiences for people but 
I continue um, to do this work and am challenged daily to ensure that people know that there are people like me, um, like my colleagues that are out here trying to ensure that we are protecting, that we are serving, and that we are continuing to, to change the narrative about what is happening in law enforcement today. Yep, that's, that's what we're all trying to do. So actually get out there and be the change you want to see. So instead of complaining from the sidelines, yep, get out there and be part yeah, of the got- solution. Let's get in the game. Right. That part. That part. So, so what's what's next for you? How, how much longer are you doing in this profession? So, uh, you know, I'm only 39. So, I mean, in my mind, like the way I've thought about it, at least, you know, maybe till 55, I'll be doing this. I mean, I love it. I mean, unless I just don't like working in law enforcement anymore when it's not fun when it's not something I feel like I'm affecting change, then, you know, I will probably leave earlier than that. But I mean, I'll be here till the wheels fall off. (laughs) (laughs) Ride to the wheels fall off. Yep. Yeah. You're not trying to be a professional marathon runner. Absolutely not. I mean, I love running. I'm definitely not looking to to do that as a profession. It can definitely take a toll on your body. Definitely take a toll on your body. But I, I enjoy it for right now. So it's a hobby. It's my uh, my my coping mechanism. You know, you look for positive ways to deal with stress. So that's yes. what I do. I, I run. Yeah, that's that's one way to to get that stress out that body. All those toxins. That- by running for sure. I'm not a runner. Definitely. I just, I run cause you, you got to do some cardio. That's probably the easiest way to get some cardio other than swimming. So, you know, I'll do that, yeah. but no, a- after the Academy, I don't do more than five, <laughs> five miles and you up here doing 20 something. So. so for about, I worked out at the Academy whew, almost six years and I was a chief training coordinator for about three years. And all of my students that were in my classes, I mean, to this day, they have, I mean, you, they would say horror stories, but I would run them in the ground. I mean, I have one of my classes nicknamed me the Punisher. I was like, y'all are doing way too much right now. (laughs) But, and and the thing, my thing was any exercise I asked you to do, I'm going to do it with you. So it wasn't like I was just drill sergeant out there telling them to do stuff. I was out there doing it with them with a smile on my face. It's like, man, I don't see how you do this. I don't know. How are you doing this? I love I'm glad, glad I wasn't in your class. <laughs> Listen, a lot of them, I mean, to this day, it was it's almost like a badge of honor. They're like, you know, I, I was in, you know, I was a sergeant back then. I was in Sergeant Moore's class. I, I was in Sergeant Moore's class. They, they wore it as a badge of honor because I had people losing 25, 30 pounds in 11 weeks. We were getting it in, getting it okay. in. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I wish you lots of luck out there still in, in uh, Fulton County and, you know, running in, in Antarctica, Arctica, you know, you're going to Berlin, like you said, and all that. So that sounds like that's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited about the opportunity. You know, I want to get all those six stars uh, for the Abbott's World Major Marathon. So I'm working on it. Yeah, you're working on that. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right, Captain. Well, you are not done yet. Uh, I got a game that I like to play with. My guest, so let me set this up for you. This game is called uh, Black or Blue. 
black or blue 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 come on Hi, this is my black and blue game and your category today is Georgia State of Mind. Georgia State of Mind and that means famous people from Georgia. I'm going to okay. name a person. Yeah, I'm going to name a person for you. You just tell me where they born and or raised in Georgia. Okay. Very simple. All right, and if you get more right than you got wrong then you're going to be the winner. So, pretty simple. Okay. You ready? Yes. We'll, we'll see how I do on this. <laughs> All right. How about here's your first one here? How about Julia Roberts? Julia Roberts. I'm gonna say no. Oh, wrong there. She was born in Smyrna. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Interesting. Okay. And I love Julia Roberts too. Okay. All right, well, let's step it up here, Captain. Here we go. Here's your next one. How about Taraji P. Henson? That is, I do not know because I know she moved out to California. I'm gonna say no because I think she's up from like up north, like Jersey somewhere. That is correct. She is from DC. Okay. Okay. Yes. I knew she was because I. Okay. I got that one right. <laughs> yeah, you did. All right, one for one. Let, let's let's get some get some more here under the belt. How about uh, Raven? Raven Simone. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. Yes, that is correct. Born in the ATL. Yes. All right. Yes. yes. I see you do that one. How about uh yeah. Keenan Thompson? You know what? I I think Keenan is from Atlanta, but no, that's Kim. I think Keenan might be too. I know you know what? I'm just saying yes. I'm gonna go with yes. Yes, all right, there you go. All right. He's actually born in Columbus, Ohio, but he moved to Atlanta when he was nine years old. Okay, yeah. okay. Yes. I couldn't remember. I not kill. I, I couldn't remember which one, and I want to say I met him before too. So that's all okay. we got that. Okay. All right, so you went with your gut. Went with your gut. All right, good okay. one there. How about Charles Barkley? I mean, he's an athlete, so I mean, in my mind, I feel like every athlete probably has a house in Atlanta. <laughs> but born and raised, born, born or raised in Atlanta. Born or raised? Um, I'm gonna say no. I, I don't that, think is, that is correct. He's from Birmingham. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Got that one right. Yeah. You got that one right. Okay. Couple, couple more here for you. How about uh, MC Hammer? Probably, yes, I'm gonna say yes. Oh, that's wrong there. No, he's from Oakland. Is he? Oh, you know, I yeah. should have thought about that. Tupac was real cool, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only, only two wrong here. I think we got a couple more. How about uh, Ryan Seacrest? Huh, Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest. Uh, yes. I'm gonna oh. say yes. Pull that one out of a hat. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he is he just from, seems Atlanta. Like from Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, he, Chris Tucker, Columbia High School. He from Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> you do that one. Everybody yeah. knows. Yes, Chris Tucker is from the ATL. And how about Mark Wahlberg? You know what? I'm gonna say yes. 
Oh. Come on, Cap. We all know he's from Boston. <laughs> you know what? I should have known that. And all the reason I think about that because they have wall burgers down here. And, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now he's from Boston, him and uh, you know all the brothers, all them from from, from oh. Boston. And uh, we, how about Prince? This is a throwaway there. Well, I'm gonna say no, cause he's from like Minnesota. That is correct. Yes, he's nowhere near Atlanta. He was from Minneapolis. Paisley Park is over there. And yeah. uh, Gladys Knight. George, yes, yes. Yeah. On that midnight train. Midnight train, Georgia. <laughs> all right, that was uh, all of them there. I think you got more right than you got wrong, so we're going to call you the winner. Hey, yes, yes. A couple of them threw you for a loop there, but you, you, you got more right than you got wrong. I, I appreciate that. I, I, I was doing good. You know, that Mark Wahlberg, I think I should get a recount on that. I know. I mean, come on. Everybody know he's he definitely not from, from the ATL, you know. One that I was going to... Hey, Drew Roberts threw me for a loop. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Too. Maybe I missed Mark Wahlberg, too. Hey, but you got Ryan Seacrest, though. I, I don't know how that... Yeah, I wouldn't I, have never guessed that. I don't know how either. I just went with my good instinct. <laughs> all right, that 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 always works out for you. All right, before I get you out of here, what about some uh, some words of wisdom for for me and the audience on your way out? Um, you know, one of the things that I always kind of keep top of mind for myself, um, just in work, personally and professionally, um, is and this is something that Andy Young actually told me at an event um, that I was at. He said. There's no limit to what you can do as long as you don't care who gets the credit. I think sometimes as we do this work, you know, sometimes you want to put your name on stuff. You want people to know that you're doing things and, you know, in due time, I believe all those things come. But right now it's really about getting the work done. It's really about changing the narrative. It's really about driving, you know, yourself personally and professionally, whatever you do, whether it's in law enforcement or you know, another profession. It's just get the work done and, you know, everything else will follow behind that. Absolutely. Everything will fall into place so long as you get that work done. Always, always. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Captain. It was uh, it was fun here. We got you through the game, and we got, we learned about the ATL in Fulton County. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. Well, I appreciate you for having me on. Absolutely, and keep 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 running and keeping those pearls on. Oh yes, most definitely. You can catch me <laughs> in my pearls and and some red lipstick at a race near you one day soon. <laughs> one day soon, the LA Marathon. Come on out. You know what? I might have to come out there for that. That that might I need to put that on my bucket list. All right, all right, all right. You be safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Right. Have a great one. All right, you too. All right, bye. Yes, yes, y'all. That's how we do it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Captain Moore, for an outstanding interview. I wish you much success in all your future endeavors. If you guys out there enjoyed this interview too. Be sure you click that like button right down here on my YouTube channel or rate it five stars wherever you hear my golden voice right now. I'll be back before you know it with another informative and entertaining interview. But till then, 
Y'all know the phrase that pays. Stay black and blue. I'll holler at you. Deuces. This has been a Maitre D Entertainment presentation.